Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. How do you organize your life? Nobody? <laughs> Y'all a crazy bunch of disorganized people? How do you... <laughs> watching, watching from home, somebody is in the chats right now just giving me a 10-point step on how to organize my life. Thank you. I see you, organized person. How, how do you organize your life? Think about it. Most people, if we're, if we're going to be brutally honest... We actually organize our life uh, around our feelings. We have intentions. We meal plan. Here's an example. We meal plan, and then in the moment when it comes to it, I feel like eating something different. Most of us, if we're honest, we organize our, our life. Even though our intentions are good, we still end up organizing our life based on what? How we feel. How do you organize your day? Well, you might sit down and write a list of the things that you need to get done. But isn't it funny how distractions pop up? And you're like, well, I feel like taking a four-hour lunch break instead. <laughs> if, if you're honest, if, and if I'm brutally honest, we tend to organize our life based on how we feel. Or... If your mom or dad in the room, maybe you organize your life based on how your kids are feeling <laughs> or based on how your spouse is feeling. Or do you organize your work day around how your boss is feeling? Or do you organize your free time based on what your friends are feeling? If we're honest, we are quick to default to organizing our life around what we feel if we're honest. Even today, as we were driving in this morning to the building here, um, I, I was feeling anxious, and I didn't know why. I'm not, I don't run anxious as a human being. I know some people really struggle under the weight of anxiety, and I see you, and I don't share that to make you feel bad. I just share that to, to say that for some reason, I don't tend to run really anxious. And, and that's why when it shows up and I'm feeling it, I'm, I'm pretty quick to be aware of it and call it what it is. And um, we prayed together, Nicole and Caleb and I, in the vehicle. And then we got here and I was, I was upstairs. And just in this like quick moment, I was like, oh, I know I'm feeling anxious because I'm, I'm already in tomorrow. I'm already like... I'm in my 8.30 appointment with Caleb to get his leg checked up and getting some tires replaced and getting an eye appointment done because I'm, I'm getting old. And uh, like I'm in tomorrow, I'm in all of the things that I know I have to accomplish this week and I'm afraid that I don't have the time to give it all, but I, I was actually, in my brain, I was already in tomorrow. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit was like, let me just remind you that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. I read that somewhere once. 
the people that are laughing have read that in the Bible. So in case, just so we're all on the same place, Jesus himself, like you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Will it though? What if I need to take care of tomorrow? Do you trust me that my grace is sufficient for today? Our good intentions usually get derailed by what we're feeling and where we're allowing our hearts to go. How do you organize your life? In October of 2022, we did a series of talks called The Plan, and I I said, how are you aligning your life with the values of Jesus? And similarly today, I would want to ask you, are you organizing your life around a heart being renovated by Jesus? This series on the renovated life is all about us creating enough space to look inside and be aware of what's going on in our heart. And we've defined heart. We've talked about how everything flows from our heart. Uh, and if you missed week one and week two and week three, I want to encourage you to go back. You can rewatch on YouTube or our audio podcast. I'm not going to sum that up today, but I just want to ask you, when you think about organizing your life, are you heading in today, into today with an awareness that I want to organize my life around my heart being renovated by Jesus? Because that's the opportunity And that's the path forward into freedom, into hope, into courage, into faith, into purpose, into victory. And so I want to hang out in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. They're going to put it on the screen, and I'm going to read it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. When? Well, what if I don't feel like it? Well, you can organize your heart around Jesus doing some work. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Notice the language there. His peace is is not meant to guard your emotions and your feelings. It's meant to guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. God's word for us today, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Dallas Willard in his book, Renovation of the Heart, says this, human life as a whole does not run by will alone or How are you organizing your life, okay? Human life as a whole does not run by will alone. Far from it. Nevertheless, life must be organized by the will if it's to be organized at all. It can only be pulled together from the inside. That's the function of the will or the heart, to organize our life as a whole and indeed to organize it around God. How are you organizing your life?
He goes on to say, and of course, life must be organized and organized well, to which my wife says, amen. If one's existence is to be even fairly tolerable to one's self or those around, life must be organized. Every civilization of any type has recognized this. A great part of the disaster of contemporary life lies in the fact that it's organized around feelings. Does your life feel like a disaster? Maybe you've organized your life around what you feel as opposed to a will, a heart being renewed by Jesus. People nearly always act on their feelings and think it only right. The will is then left at the mercy of circumstances that evoke feelings. Whew, get this. Christian spiritual formation today must squarely confront this fact and overcome it. And I want to get a little practical today, and I'm going to share three thoughts with you from Philippians 4. And if you have a smartphone and some way to take notes, I want you to pull it out and get it ready because there's work to do while I teach today. A little different. Bring it on. How are you organizing your life right now? How are you organizing? Are you organizing your life around what you feel in the moment or around your heart, your will, your inner life being renovated by the faithful work of Jesus? And I want to share three indicators of a life being organized around heart transformation. Can I do that? Get really practical? Here's three things to look for in our own life and to encourage in one another. Three indicators of a heart being renovated by Jesus and a life being flowing out of that space. Number one, the first indicator is consideration for others marked by joy. An indication that your life is being organized around real beautiful heart work is your consideration for others marked by joy. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord's coming soon. And this Lord coming soon statement is attached to how we see other people and how we walk with joy. This confident hope that Jesus will return and we don't have to worry about that if we carry his presence. We don't have to stress about that if we've submitted our life to him. As a matter of fact, we can be full of joy because we know whose we are and allow our hearts space to see other people. Consideration for others because of the joy that we carry. Is joy a feeling? Or is it a spiritual force flowing out of a renewed heart? Is joy an emotion? No. In case you're wondering, no, it's actually not. It's a spiritual force. It's a fruit of the Spirit flowing out of a life surrendered to the ongoing work of Jesus Christ. Life must be organized by the will if it's to be organized at all. It can only be pulled together from the inside. And I like all through the Bible, I think about Luke 1:47, Mary in the middle of hearing about carrying Jesus in the middle of being a social outcast and being rejected by people and being talked about by, by, behind her back, her response is, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Your circumstances, Mary, don't look like you should be joyful right now. That's the point. 
We carry the joy of the Lord as strength, as a force from within. Philippians 4, 4, 5, always be full of joy. I say it again, rejoice. A joyful consideration for others marked by an urgency for the mission of Jesus and a conviction in the hope that we have. And we, we don't have to lose that on a bad day. And that's encouragement for somebody. It also slaps a little bit if I'm being honest. Because sometimes when I'm having a severely bad day, I just want to feel what I'm feeling and crawl into my cozy chair at home and not even talk to people. And that's for real. But if I'm going to choose to lead and organize my life from a place of Jesus renovating my heart, then I have to honor and acknowledge what I'm feeling and still give my best yes to the work of Jesus. And Jesus says, I know it's hard and I've filled you up with my spirit. I know it's hard and there's joy flowing from your heart, transformed by my power and my presence to allow you to look up off of your circumstance and see the needs of those around you. Habakkuk 3 puts it this way, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, there are no grapes on the vines, the olive crop fails, the fields lie empty and, this is a bad day, the fields lie empty and barren, the flocks die in the fields, the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. And our joy anchored to our eternal hope cannot be stripped away by a really bad day. I want to give you permission to feel what you're feeling and still choose joy. It's an indicator of a heart being organized around this renewal of Jesus. How are you organizing your life? And I have to like brag on Kathy for a second. Because I belly laughed harder with you and your family this week than I have in a long time. In the middle of grief. As we honored John planned his service and told stories. I got to see this, and I, and I know it's hard. And you've allowed joy to be right at the ready. It's beautiful. So, pull out your phone. I want you to just take a second. Where, where are you struggling right now to experience joy? Don't make me walk around the room and check on you. Just pull out that phone and just like, I want you to write this down. You don't have to, but I'd like you to, okay? Pull out your phone. Where, where, think about it, just pause for a moment. Where am I struggling to experience real joy? Is it in my workplace? Is it in my home? Is it in friendships? Is it with your spouse? Where are you really struggling right now? I'm just, I'm not in a hurry for this. Just take a minute. Lean into the whisper of uh, the, the clear voice of God, helping you see, like, where is it that I'm struggling to experience real joy? Or where are you missing moments to consider others? Maybe it's at your university campus. You're like, you're so concerned about what you need that you've, you've missed seeing those around you or in your high school your insecurity has screamed so loudly that you've lost your joy. 
Where are you, where are you missing moments of joy and seeing others? Can you get to the root of that? What's holding you back? I want to encourage you to stay in this this week in some quiet time. Just answer these questions. How am I organizing my life right now? Am I organizing my life around my heart being renovated or just based on what I'm feeling? Because consideration for others, marked by joy, is a clear indication of a life being organized around this Jesus transformation. Number two, prayer and gratitude as a default response rather than worry. This is an indication that you are allowing Jesus to transform your heart and lead and organize your life from that place. Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace. For which, that peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Our default response is an indicator of how our hearts are doing. And this is an honest dive into like what's going on in real time in your life. But our default response in moments that are challenging is an indication of our hearts either being fueled and led by our feelings or a heart being renovated by the presence, power, and authority of Jesus Christ. Quickness to pray. I love this. I was having lunch with Dave Kirshner this week, and we were talking about like sitting with friends and talking about things that really matter face-to-face, not taking it to other people but going to one another you know, like the Bible instructs us. And he said this, and he says, and I always know, my real friends are the ones that at the end are like, can we pray together? I loved that, Dave. That was so good. But this quickness to like turn our petitions and our thoughts and our worries and let that be shaped into praise and let that be shaped into prayer, prayer and gratitude as a default response rather than just worrying. 1 Thessalonians 5 says it this way, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. All circumstances? Yeah, all of them. But what if I'm not feeling thankful? (laughs) That's the point. (laughs) Feelings are real, but they're a lousy leader. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those of us who belong to Christ Jesus. Yeah, but it's hard. I know. That's kind of the point. Jesus doesn't promise us that this ongoing surrender to the deep part work that he wants to do in us will be easy, but he promises that he'll be faithful, and he promises that his presence will never leave us, and that he'll walk closely with us. I like the message translation, Eugene's um, unpacking of verse 6 and 7. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. You get to be honest with God and let these, what you're asking for and what you're praising him for, shape your worry into prayer. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Notice how this works. We want the peace and the wholeness to hit our hearts so that we feel better, and then maybe I can shape my worries into prayer. If I feel like praying, then I pray. 
where the scripture teaches us the opposite is true. We choose to take hold of our worry, acknowledge it, see it, be honest about it, and then let it shape our petitions and our praises into a prayer life, and then we experience his peace. Prayer and peace go hand in hand, but prayer comes first. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. Settle down, son. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And so here's your second bit of work to do this week, to pause and to write, where am I worrying first? I'm really worried about my kids right now. I'm really worried about my high school career. Am I going to be able to see it through the way I want to? I'm really worried about my future. Am I going to be able to accomplish what I, I feel like I want to accomplish? Where are you worrying right now? I'm really worried about a family member. Where are you worrying? Or I could say, where are you missing moments to let thankfulness shape your worry into prayer? Because for every worry, if, if we're brutally honest, we have a moment to actually choose what other things exist that we can be thankful for right now. I'm worried about this, sure, but I'm, I'm really thankful about this. And this gratitude piece is important. How are you organizing your life? Prayer and gratitude as a default response instead of worry is a clear indicator of a life being organized by Jesus renovating our hearts. Third and final, healthy boundaries for your thought life. Do you, have, do you have boundaries on your thought life? Or do your thoughts run wild? Interesting, right? An indication of Jesus faithfully renovating you from the inside out, doing the hard work, is that you have healthy boundaries for your thought life. And as people of faith surrender to Jesus, equipped by the authority and the life of Scripture and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're allowed to examine our thoughts. Actually, we're encouraged to examine our thoughts and take wrong thoughts captive and think our thoughts on right things. Think our thoughts, yeah, that makes sense, right? Think our thoughts on, I don't know, whatever. I just know scripture in, in Philippians 4 says, now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do you have healthy boundaries on your thought life? Or does your brain run wild? Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Or again, to paraphrase, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, Ooh, but it's easier to think about the worst, not the best. Yeah, but Jesus says you're allowed to fix your thoughts. And fix works a couple of ways here. If we think about it, to fix something is to like hold it, to fix it. But I also think some of us just need to repair our thoughts. We need to fix our thoughts. 
We need to get a hold of our thoughts. We need to feel empowered by the work of the Spirit and the ongoing transformation of Jesus from the inside out to give us the courage to be honest about the things our brain unfettered goes after and thinks on and fixates on and go, wait a second, that's not true. That's not excellent. That's not the best. That's not admirable. Rein that in. Are we even paying attention to the thoughts that we're thinking? Romans 12 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by helping you feel better. No. By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Renovation always requires change, and change is hard. And changes to the way we think is actually something that God will always want to accomplish in us. Part of the work he's doing is to change how you think about things. It's part of the ongoing work of surrendering to that old nature that we talked about at the start of service. God wants to change how you think. Ephesians 4 says it this way, since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous, truly holy. And we think about this in terms of our behavior, but it's actually about our thinking. Our hearts shape our behavior. Everything flowing out of the inner self is what's shaping our life, shaping the direction, shaping the decisions we make, shaping the hobbies we say yes to, shaping the relationships and the friendships, but it starts in the heart. And the invitation and the whisper of Jesus is simply saying, do you have healthy boundaries for your thought life? Are you paying attention to the thoughts that you're thinking? Because I want to renew it. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. This is beautiful. Allowing the Spirit to renew our thoughts and attitudes begins with us taking intentional stock and inventory of our thoughts and attitudes. See them for what they are. Examine them against the list of is it true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. I have to know where I'm starting from in order to get to where I want to go. That's true in geography. That's true in my GPS. If I'm entering a destination, GPS needs to know where I'm starting from to start from being aware of the thoughts I'm thinking. What's my brain holding as important and valuable when I'm I'm quiet and and alone? Most people are terrified of being by themselves in solitude because of their thoughts. It's not because of the environment. It's because my brain, I can't handle the direction of my thoughts. And Jesus says, hey, pay attention. Take stock. Take inventory. Is it true? Is it beautiful? Is it honorable? We get to choose. And if it's not, what do we do? The Bible says, take it captive, tear it down. And the only way to renew our thoughts, circle back to week two of this message, do you have a relationship with Scripture? If you miss week two, you're missing out on having a vibrant walk of reading your Bible for yourself, 
Hebrews 4, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between our soul and our spirit, between joint and marrow. The word of God exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. If you want to know, is what I'm thinking true? Compare it to the heart of Father by what you're learning in your time reading the Bible. If you want to know, is what I'm thinking admirable, life-giving? You, we, get to, we get to compare it. We'll let Jesus, let the Spirit renew us. Now, dear brothers and sisters, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard and saw. Then the God of peace will be with you. These three indications, as we, as we take time, pause and write. Where, where am I missing boundaries in my thought life? When it's quiet and I've actually disciplined myself to turn my phone off and not be distracted, where does my brain go? Does my brain go to fear? Does my thoughts go to worry? Well, then we can shape that worry into petitions and praise and, and prayer. Right? Where, where are we going? These indications. How are you organizing your life right now? Is it by your feelings? Or is it by a heart renewed and renovated by the power and the presence and the authority of Jesus? These three kind of pause and rights. Where are you really struggling to experience joy? Because consideration for others marked by joy is an indication of your heart making room for Jesus to renew. Where are you worrying first? Because prayer and gratitude as a default response instead of worry is an indication that Jesus is up to something, building something beautiful. And we, we lay our worries at his feet and let, let him shape our worries into petitions and praise in prayer. And lastly, where are you missing boundaries in your thought life? Are you just letting your brain run wild and rampant? Are you paying close attention to your thoughts? Have you been neglecting the work of fixing your thoughts? And this honest self-awareness in the presence of God today leads us to just a real practical bit of homework. Here it is. Sometime this week, um, set a timer for five minutes. Five minutes? Yep. Why? Because I believe in starting small. This is, a, this is a measurable goal. Set a timer for five minutes, and then let your thoughts wander uninterrupted. And as your thoughts do what they do, track it. Pay attention to it. Pen and paper, write it down. Just be aware of like what, what's quickly coming to your thought life. And as an exercise in surrender, you get to ask in self-reflection with whatever comes up, are these thoughts true? Are they honorable? Are they right? 
Are they pure? Are they lovely? And then grab your Bible, turn to Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and I want you to write it out sometime this week. Just write, write out that passage of Scripture as an indication of an openness and a willingness and a desire to allow consideration for others marked by joy and worry no longer being my default and paying attention to my thoughts is good work. It's deep work of allowing Jesus to make all things new. Are you organizing your life around your heart being renovated by Jesus or just on what you feel in any given moment? As we close, that's all I, I want to ask today. Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Are you organizing your life right now? How are you doing that? Do you find your, your day being interrupted and derailed because of what you feel? And if so, that's not like something to be ashamed of. It's just something to be aware of. Because our feelings are indication of what's going on on the inside. But they're not meant to lead your life. Jesus wants to lead us with a renovated heart that impacts how we do what we do, joy unspeakable, that impacts our default, I will pray before I will worry, and that impacts our thought life. I will pay attention and fix my thoughts on the way of Jesus. And that's my prayer for us as we continue to ask Jesus to do what we need him to do transform us from the inside out. And so that's our prayer today, Father. Consideration for others marked by joy. Prayer and gratitude as a default response rather than worry. And healthy boundaries for our thought life. These clear indicators of our lives being organized by a Jesus-renovated heart. You can have it all. You can have our hearts. It's what we desire, more of you. No longer crippled, shackled to the ebb and flow of just what we're feeling in any given moment. No longer contained and held back because of worry. No longer disordered because our thoughts have gone all over the place. Jesus, we reign it in as you reign in us. You alone. It's what we need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit EvolveChurch.com. We hope to see you soon.